Is the Sabres-Senators rivalry back? I think it is. I'll explain next on Locked On Sabres. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome in. It is the Locked On Sabres podcast, and thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. July 31st, we are about the midway point of the Sabres offseason, a couple of months away from training camp and preseason and all that good stuff, and we are right in the thick of it when it comes to our Atlantic Division breakdowns. We've gone through all the teams that were finished above the Sabres in the 2022-23 season. If you missed those episodes, Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Florida. Those are all available wherever you're finding this show, uh, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app, or as well on our video channel on YouTube. Now, we started to get into the teams below the Sabres, the teams that finished behind them in the standings. Three teams that actually back-to-back seasons have finished below the Sabres in the standings. Actually, before I say that, I just spit that off the top of my head. I know that's true about Detroit and that that was true about Ottawa. And indeed, that is true about Montreal. So yes, three teams that back-to-back seasons have finished below the Sabres. Starting with the Ottawa Senators on today's show, probably of these three, the most interesting, most compelling opponent and potential division rival of the Buffalo Sabres going forward. We'll break down what they did this offseason, who they lost this offseason, and they actually gained someone very recently, which would be a part of uh, a little bit of a news and notes update here, but we'll save that for our Senators breakdown in just a little bit. Vladimir Tarasenko to the Sens, just a spoiler alert for those that don't know the move that I'm talking about, but we'll get to the Senators in a little bit. We did have a little bit of news on the Sabres front over the last couple of days. They've signed Zach Benson to his entry-level contract, and this is not all that surprising. The Sabres have made a couple of different moves over the last few weeks and days, uh, signing different players to their entry-level deals. Well, the latest of that group was Zach Benson. They still have all options on the table. They can send him back to juniors if they would, pl- if they so please. Um, they can do the thing, the Shane Wright strategy, where they keep him in Buffalo, send him down to Rochester for a conditioning stint, send him to World Juniors, send him to Rochester again, and then go to juniors. They still have all the options that they originally had on the table for Zach Benson, their 13th overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. I do not believe that he has a great chance of making the team, although we did talk about Patrice Bergeron in our last show. Stranger things have happened. Bergeron, once upon a time, a second-round pick that came into the league at 18, made his team outright and produced right away. Not predicting that's going to happen with Benson, but if ever there was going to be a mid-first-round pick that made his team right out of camp, this is probably the kid. Because we're here, we've heard a lot about how talented he is and how he should have gone higher than he did. So Benson to his entry-level contract, he'll at least fight. They're giving him a chance. You know, they'll have him at training camp. They probably will play him in preseason action. And he'll have a chance if he is awesome in the preseason. 
Well, he'll make a decision very tough on the Buffalo Sabres. And again, I kind of want to think he is capable of making the decision tough and maybe even getting himself to get give the Sabres, uh, to give him the nine-game look uh, at the beginning of the year. So Benson signs his entry-level contract. The next time we see him will be the Sabres Prospects Challenge, um, which is still a couple of months away. Um, I believe end of September, if I'm remembering right off the top of my head. Yeah, September 15th. Um, through 18th. So we'll see Benson again at the end of September, the middle of September, I should say. But we're here to talk about the Ottawa Senators on today's show. At Sneaky Joe Sports, by the way, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, yes, it is still Twitter, and I'm still going to call it Twitter. Uh, YouTube channel, if you want to get involved with the show that way, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, and our Sabre Super Draft, um, again, we'll be releasing that after we're done with these Atlantic Division breakdowns. So that's coming your way uh, in a little bit as well. I'm very excited about that. Might even do a preview show before it. Um, got a breakdown, you know, thought process and draft strategy, but we'll, I haven't decided on that front yet. But next up on our sale across the Atlantic, breaking down last season, looking ahead to the coming years, Ottawa. All right, they're next up, the Ottawa Senators, a team that, you know, I kind of went after a little bit this year. I grew up hating the Ottawa Senators. I'm not afraid to do that. I, it was to me and I, the most embarrassing moment in the NHL of any team all year long was that team retiring the number of Chris Neal. I, st- I still cannot believe that they did it. I know what the sales pitch is. You know, I, I, every team has a guy like that. I just, I still cannot fathom how that happened, how they, how, you know, I can, this is senators, um, but I'm not a team that I like at all, but a team that is on the rise that I absolutely respect as a challenge to the Sabres going forward and potentially for a very long time, despite the fact they're going about things in a little bit of a different way than Kevin Adams and the Sabres are. They're trying to hit the fast forward button. And that went back to before last season, trading for Alex to traded the seventh overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft to get to who had one year left on his contract and then would become um, a restricted free agent, which did happen. They took the risk of, hey, this guy might not sign with us long term, but we want to get good and we want to get good right now. Let's do it. So they did it and they spent a pretty penny to do it and paired that with a Claude Giroux signing and thought, okay, let's be good right now. And midway through the year, they were the team that pulled off the Jacob Chicken trade. So three big moves to get good right away to surround a great young core that includes Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, Drake Batherson, Shane Pinto, Jake Sanderson. These are great, talented young players that I think rival the young talent that the Sabres have. They paired it with veteran guys that are in their primes or in Giroux's case, someone that's out of his prime but is still very productive. Last year, Claude Giroux, full season, 82 games. Yeah, only at age 35, he put up 35 goals, 44 assists for 79 points. Alex DeBrinket comes in. He scores 27 goals, puts up 66 points. Um, and Chikrin got his feet wet, only played 12 games, put up a few points, um, but is you know playing 21 minutes a night. Uh, definitely a top pair defenseman for Ottawa going forward. They also tried to hit fast forward and goal. I don't really think they, to my knowledge, they don't have like a star 
goalie prospect. I'm not as familiar with their prospect pool, so there's probably someone more in-depth on them that can tell you that. But nobody that jumps off the page. When I look at these top 10 lists of the, the top goalie prospects in hockey, I never see a Senators goalie prospect on there. There was one actually the other day from Scott Wheeler, who had Devin Levi number two, I believe, didn't have a Senator on there. Cam Talbot was their plan. He started 36 games. Didn't play all that well. Under a 900 save percentage. Anton Forsberg played 28 games. 902 save percentage. Not that great. They actually had seven goalies make an appearance for them. As much as goaltending was a problem for Buffalo, it was a problem for Ottawa. And the Senators, to my knowledge, again, don't have a Devin Levi that's ready to just come in and like, oh, this guy's probably the answer. It might not happen right away, but eventually this is the answer. We'll see. Mad Sogard, I believe, is the name. The top goalie prospect in their organization. Um, he played 19 games, didn't have good production, and 889 save percentage. We'll see if he has more to give them, uh, if he's even a part of their plans going forward. So Ottawa, we'll get to what they did to so- solve that net problem. but And we'll get to what happened with Alex Dabrinkit. But what happened last year? They got some big steps from their young talent. Tim Stutzla is maybe the biggest example of that. They paid him. They took a risk, kind of the Dylan Cousins, Tage Thompson style of signing. Hey, this guy had 58 points for us. He's only 20. Let's pay him now before he costs us a pretty penny. So what'd they do? They paid him $8.35 million, more than Cousins and Thompson, but Stutzla answered the bell. 39 goals, 90 points in his age 21 season. Stutzla is a legitimate top-line forward for Ottawa already, and he will be for a very long time. Brady Kachuk, he's in the fold. He's the captain. He's paid. Um, they've got him on a contract at uh, $8.205 million per year. He took a step. He goes from 67 points in 21-22, his age 22 season, to 83 points in 22-23. So those two Along with some other, Drake Batherson, 62 points last year. Shane Pinto scores 20 goals last year. A little bit of a middle six guy. They've got some young talent that, again, rivals what the Sabres have. But they don't have the depth of that young talent like Buffalo does. They have four or five guys. Sabres have like eight guys like that. And more on the way. The, their prospect pool, the Sabres, is more is more flush with prospects than Ottawa's is. So they are they are built in the same mold, at least at their foundation. They're kind of surrounding that foundation with different things. But the Sabres have more of it, which is why I think they are ahead of Ottawa when it comes to this long-term rebuild. But I'll talk more about that coming up in a little bit. Last year, what did Ottawa do on the season? 39, 35. An eight, 86 points. That was five points behind Buffalo. That was six points out of a playoff spot, a minus 10 goal differential. And if you look at some of the advanced stats, pretty solid. Expected goals for at five on five. They were 15th in the NHL. That was even better than Buffalo. Better than Vegas, even. One spot above Vegas. Vegas had injuries the whole year. So Ottawa, I think, is a sneaky good team. They are a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I think the East, they're going to be in contention for an Eastern Conference playoff spot. But what did they do this offseason? Did they get better? Did they get worse? Get to that when we come back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Stanley Cup futures are on FanDuel. Buffalo, better Stanley Cup odds than Ottawa if you want to take a look at those. Also, of course, right now you get the Women's World Cup. 
You've got golf, you've got tennis, and of course, you've got Major League Baseball. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel, and you get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks. You'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you could spend betting anything. The money line, the over-under, who you think is going to get the first home run. You know, pitching props, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So, sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports at Locked On Sabres. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, yes, it is Twitter. How about Ottawa's offseason? As we continue to break down the Senators, they had... I would say not a great offseason, but kind of the hole they dug for themselves. Ottawa loses Cam Talbot. You know, you might want to say that's not really a loss, maybe addition by subtraction, but he was their starting goalie last year. And they have to ship away Alex Dabrinkit. And what do they get in exchange? Well, they get a prospect, they get a first-round pick, and they get Dominic Kubalik. So that, to me, and of course, is... um, the most, you know, the, the quickest impact on their roster to replace DeBrinket, who, remember, had 27 goals and 66 points. They replace him in the lineup with Kubalik, who last year for Detroit had career high. Um, well, actually, not a career high. His first year in Chicago, he had 30 goals. But last year, 20 goals, 45 points. A guy that's never had more than 46 points in his career, never had more than 30 goals. They didn't replace him with nobody. Kubalik's a nice middle six player, but he's not as good as Alex Dabrinkit. He's not. So that's a downgrade. Claude Giroux is going to be 36 years old. I, I'm going to pencil him in as a downgrade that he's not going to put up 79 points again. I'm willing to be wrong on that, but it's just usually the way the natural aging, aging process goes, unless your name is Joe Pavelski. So those are a couple of guys that they've made big investments in last year. One is a year older at 36, and the other is just poof, gone. And replaced by, again, nice player, but not not a core foundational player in Dominic Kubelik. They also, to fix their problem in net, they went out and they paid Jonas Corposalo. To me, one of the big overpayments of the entire offseason. But what I will say is while they no doubt overpaid, for Jonas Corposalo, a player that in the past I've even argued as a as a rent a rental trade idea for the Sabers, what they gave him in a five year contract at four million dollars a year, just not worth it. But as I was getting to a moment ago, I still think they upgraded. I think they upgraded in goal and maybe even upgraded in a big way. So I guess in that sense, you can almost say that it's worth it. But the player is just not worth that contract. Last year, if you look at goals saved above expected, where did these guys, how did these guys compare? Well, Cam Talbot, out of 77 goaltenders, he ranked 42nd, whereas Jonas Corposalo ranked 15th. 15th out of, again, what was that number? I said 77. 
So they are getting better in goal. So not bad. Uh, ESPN, I saw, gave them a B-plus for their offseason. I think I would give them probably a B-minus because, again, there wasn't much they could do with the Brinkett. I think they did about as well as they could. They did fix goal. They just maybe went a little too hard with it. But I will say, you know, Sabres didn't address goalie around Devin Levi. Would I prefer they had done Corp- the Corpusalo deal? Uh, you'd have to, I'd have to have a debate about that um, internally because I'd be on the fence. Um, but he is going to need to step up. And they just got out of a goalie contract in, in uh, Matt Murray where they paid a guy to be the answer for four or five years and a year in, oh, this ain't it. And I think that's the risk with Corpusalo. They signed him to a five-year deal. I think it's realistic that after one year, he could struggle enough where they go, oh my gosh, we got to get out of this. We got we to get another guy. I mean, he is very inconsistent throughout his career. Um, so we'll see what happens on that front. But Ottawa, you know, all right, you did the best you could. I, I think to me, that's the theme of their offseason. You did the, the best you could. Um, and we'll get to, when we come back, how their lineup stacks up against the Sabres. Oh, before I forget, of course, I have it written down here. I almost skipped right past it. The other big signing they had that helps replace Alex Dabrinkit, Vladimir Tarasenko. They signed Tarasenko just the other day to a one-year contract, $5 million per year. Now, we did a breakdown of Vladimir Tarasenko for the Sabres. I do not think he completely replaces the Debrinket production. If you want to argue with me that Kubalik plus Tarasenko replaces Debrinket, okay, I guess I would listen to that. Um, but what I will say about Tarasenko is that he's not the same player that he once was. And I, I don't know that even Otto was expecting him to be. He is just so painfully one-dimensional at this point. And Debrinket is not a defensive selkie guy either. But he's at least, you know, he's capable. Tarasenko, man, one of the worst defensive forwards in the sport. I mean, Patrick Kane's worse. I don't know how, how many more other guys I could name that are worse defensively. Last year, Andy and Rono's stats that I like to reference once in a while, they grade in percentile, you know, how a player is offensively through a different bunch of different metrics, transition game, and defense. What they gave Tarasenko was an 81 on offense, a 79 on transition, and a 3 on defense. I almost think, and this is maybe why he was still available, Tarasenko, as good as he still can be offensively, he's too much of, it's, it's, he's too much of a, rely, a liability defensively to make it worth it. And last year, 18 goals, 50 points in 69 games played. Again, not bad, but he, this was a 40 goal score back in the day. Um, now he's having trouble cracking 20. At least he did last year, the year before he got to 30. Um, so that's where we're at with Tarasenko. I like the signing enough that, again, it's kind of, again, along the theme of they did the best they could. We'll get to what that means to their lineup and how they compare with the Sabres. Are they above the Sabres? Should we consider the possibility that they will be? We'll get to that when we come back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Last call on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to today's show. Last segment here on Ottawa. Sabres or Sens in 21, uh, 23-24? I think it's a, it's a reasonable question. I'd answer Sabres, but I think it's a reasonable question. 
I think they're pretty comparable teams. I think what Ottawa's question marks are, kind of what the Sabres question marks are. Can the young talent be the core foundation of a great hockey team? Can, can your best players be Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, who I should have mentioned earlier in the show, Drake Batherson, and, and uh, you know Jake Sanderson, and be a cup-contending team? Can your best players be Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins and Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power and be a cup-contending team? Honestly, I think the answer to both might be yes. And this is why I believe, and I, I would say I'm happy about this, because this was the team I grew up loving to hate. I loathed Ottawa back in the day when I was growing up and the Sabres were great in 0506 and 0607. Hated with every fiber of my being. Alfredson and Heatley and Schubert and all of them. You know, he, I mentioned Heatley. Spezza. Uh, 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 was there not, not McGratton. Yeah, McGratton. Uh, I can't think of the Smolinski. That's I was trying to think of Smolinski with a stupid grin. I hated Ottawa. I am juiced up for the idea of a Sabres-Senators rivalry again. And I think we're going to get it. I really think we're going to get it. I think these are the two teams that are on the rise in the Atlantic Division. Tampa trending down. Boston trending down. Detroit, Montreal, we'll get to them, but I'm not super optimistic about them. I think it's Buffalo up, Ottawa up. And I think they're both capable of making the playoffs this season. And maybe even like at the same time making the playoffs. There'd have to be two spots to become available. But I think it's very possible that that happens. But the question mark for Ottawa, as is with Buffalo, is what are you getting in goal? The goaltending has to stabilize so that these young players can thrive and can take advantage of, uh, of their talent. So, will Corpusalo do the job? Will Devin Levi do the job? Might be more confident Devin Levi is going to do the job right now. But again, you could make an argument for Corpusalo as well. So, Sabres or Sens? Flip a coin. But again, I'll get back to I think I go slight edge Sabres because the young talent pool for Buffalo is deeper than it is for Ottawa. You know, 10 deep and they have prospects that are knocking on the door. You know, Jack Quinn is a big loss, I think, but there's so many young players for Buffalo and there is a good solid nucleus in Ottawa. But, you know, to make a, to make a space analogy, you know, Ottawa is, is the red dwarf right now. They're, they're a star, a red dwarf star. And, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're like this. They're right here. They're good. They're churning. Um, they're, <laughs> they're burning up their fuel and the Sabres are like, you know, a hyper giant. They, they are just, they've got all of these kids, great kids in Ottawa, solid nucleus. Sabres is just like, it's everywhere. You can't escape it. So I think that is eventually and rules the day for, uh, for the Sabres. And I think they will finish above Ottawa in the standings, but I'm very close to predicting both make it. I can't quite get there because two spots becoming available is tough, especially in the Atlantic. But I, I'm pretty confident one of these two will make the playoffs, and I'll go slight edge to uh, to the Sabres. Next up, we'll talk 
Detroit. I'm down on Detroit. I have soured on the Red Wings and Iserman. I'll explain why in our next show. So stay tuned for that. If you want to hit me up on Ottawa, you know, do you agree? Do you think they are on the Sabres level for not just now, but for the future? Let me know what you think um, at Lockdown Sabres, at Sneaky Joe Sports, or on our YouTube channel. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been the Lockdown Sabres podcast. And uh, next time for you everydayers, we are talking Detroit Red Wings here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast.